Welcome to the Catholic Connect Podcast. I'm your host, David Scubin. This is a podcast for all Catholics and people of goodwill who strive to live in the world, but not be of the world. First and foremost, we need to be disciples of Jesus ourselves. And then we go forth and make disciples of all nations, just as our Lord commanded. Through a series of timely topics and great guests, we will take that long and narrow journey to heaven together, encouraging each other in faith and virtue along the way. So let's get started. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. Uh, so blessed to have a great friend of our podcast, and our brother in Christ, Robert LeBlanc, join us again to talk about the, the things that really matter, and uh, that is growing in holiness, and to always be on the lookout to evangelize and reach people with the gospel, and that's uh, what we're here on earth for. So, uh, Robert, we last chatted uh, only a few months ago, it was before Lent began, but a lot has been going on in your life, uh, including this crazy COVID-19 virus that caught up to you and your family, so... First off, physically, how are you feeling right now? I would say 100%. Let's say 98%. Uh, no, and, and thank you. Thank you for your, your prayers through that. Uh, you know, God is good. God is good uh, in that, yeah, I would not wish that on anyone. Um, but God brought myself and my, my wife through that. Um, and the way he staggered that in our family, then when I was really ill, my wife was able to look after me. And when she was really ill, then I was, I was kind of out and passed through, through that and through the, through my contagious stage, I was able to, to look after her. And by the grace of God, our 17 year old son who lives in the same small home that we live in, nothing, no symptoms during the three weeks that we were both ill and contagious, he went and got tested three separate times always came back negative i say he has the cleanest nostrils in town because he he had them swabbed so many times uh and, and thanks be to god we are now like i say 98 percent and still get fatigued from time to time uh i still have a bit of a nagging cough which the the public health nurse says will will linger for a little bit uh, but yeah god god is good in that he saw us through through that and i have to tell you it also puts a, a lot of things into perspective when you start taking account of your life uh, your spiritual life uh, your relationship not just with family but your relationship with god and you come to realize really what's important in life you know becoming ill can sometimes especially when you're still young can be a real blessing too, right, Robert? Like it's because um, it puts things into perspective. When you're sick in bed and you're really just not up to anything, you're sit then you kind of you're you're by yourself with God in a lot of ways, right? And you start to think about the things that matter. You start to think about your life and and where God has been and how He fits into your life. And uh, I think that's really neat too that you and your wife were were sick at slightly different times, so you got to take care of each other too, which is. Uh, which is a, a neat thing about uh, being married and can minister to each other in that way. That's, that's great. Well, it really put in the spotlight that marriage vow of, you know, in sickness and in health, because uh, we were definitely both in sickness uh, and just that calling. And I think when I, whenever I speak to men about our role as husbands, and that line from Ephesians 5, you know, men be like 
be to your wives like Christ is to the church. And you have to have that sacrificial outlook uh, to loving your wife, right? It's not always the sunny days and the celebrations, but it's also the days where you are laid low, um, but you still need to get up and look after your family. Uh, again, blessings too, in some ways, um, our March break here in Ontario was put back to April. It was the, the second week of Easter. So we had Easter week where we still had school. And that was when we were first starting to get sick um, and able to do work from home at that time. And then we had our, our spring break, uh, which was really offered us a week to recover and that we didn't have any outside worries as well. So again, you just have to look for the hidden blessings in, in all of these things. Uh, and like you were saying, just taking that time to, to reflect on our relationships with each other, our relationship with God and, and where we're at uh, in our spiritual life, where we're at in our sacramental life. And I have to say too, I was mentioning uh, briefly before we got started off there, uh, our pastor who, who's new to our parish, uh, I feel for him, he's, he's taken over a parish in uh, you know, full lockdown, um, but he was able still through all of that to bring us the sacramental life, to bring us the anointing of the sick, to, to bring us to confession, to bring the Eucharist to us, uh, and all done safely, like socially distanced and, and separate. So, you know, at the anointing of, of the sick, there he is in pouring rain while we were dry and covered, uh, saying the prayers and, and giving us the, the blessing for that, the sacrament. Uh, and I think that really highlights, too, the life and the role of our priests in this time of pandemic. You know, you would think, oh, their, their life is easier because they're not having to say all those masses every weekend and, and once a day. Where well, I think their life is more difficult because their, their flock is scattered physically, but they still need to, to minister to them. So they're, they're actually running around a lot more and, and having to schedule more and, and be on top of things to properly look after the, the sacramental life of their flocks as well. That was a great visual to see uh, priests that are, you know, definitely going the extra mile to reach out to, to their flock and their parish and, and uh, helping us in the spiritual life. And I know that it seems, you know, you can go two ways in this kind of time, Robert. Either you can kind of, you can go move away from God, you can move away from the parish life, away from the sacramental life, or you have a renewed love for it and that you, you, you desire it more because you desire holiness. You see that there's issues and there's problems outside of your door and you want to address what's happening in your own spiritual life. And I think that that's, uh, that's the opportunity we need to take advantage of. And, and I think what we're seeing, and it was the, the gospel reading from last Sunday with the, you know, and the vine and the branches and the father is the the vine dresser and there needs to be a pruning to to bear fruit you know the vines that do not bear fruit will be pruned and thrown away and the vines that are bearing fruit will be pruned back so again like you think of the illness and that that forced reflection of relationship with god in, in many ways uh, it, it is a, a pruning so that eventually we will bear more fruit for the kingdom 
uh, and in similar ways uh, and different analogies of that through scripture, you know, like gold that's tested in fire, right? There, we're going through it a time sacramentally within our churches and our congregations where uh, we are being tested in a way in our faith and we are being pruned. So I think it is a time of grace, isn't it, Robert? And I, you know, I always uh, go back to what uh, uh, Pope Emeritus Benedict said. This is before he was the Pope. This is when he was still a cardinal many decades ago. And he said that the church would become smaller. And I mm-hmm. was mentioning this to someone the other day. And I, and I said, you know, I never understood that when I first heard it. I always was disappointed to hear that, especially someone that had such a, a heart for evangelization and still does, obviously, with Pope Benedict. I just didn't understand what he meant at the time. But not saying that this was what he was predicting or referring to the times that we're living in now, but it does seem that, um, you know, I think what the, the heart of what he was getting at was that um, Easter Sunday can only come if you go through Good Friday. And not only does the entire church have to go through that, we all have to go through that in our own individual walks with God, right? And and uh, to become smaller, to become uh, smaller could be a good thing, right? It's uh, We can band together more and we can be stronger as a church community and then in our own individual lives. But just to become a little bit smaller too is probably not a bad thing. Letting uh, letting Christ increase as we decrease. And through suffering is really the only way we can do that, right? So Exactly, exactly. Now you've been up to some fun things though too. It hasn't, uh, thankfully you haven't been uh, laid up uh, in bed the whole time, Robert. It's uh, you've you've done the uh, the virtual Lenten missions, which we we talked about uh, a few months ago, and it was uh, great. I attended as many as I could, and I really appreciated uh, uh, you putting those together during Lent. Uh, you also have your own podcast now, and uh, you got another virtual series about the Blessed Virgin Mary, right? So maybe tell us a little bit about those uh, fun things that you've been up to in the last well, few months. The the virtual retreat or the, the virtual parish missions, but it's, they're not for a particular parish. So yeah, we would say that the virtual retreat series, um, and through all of this because typically I would go out and do these in a parish for, for a larger group and do these face to face. And, uh, about an hour North from where we live, there's a retreat center where, you know, every summer I, I do the, the summer retreat series, uh, at Catholic land, uh, just North of Toronto. But none of that can happen right now. So it's like, okay, how can we still evangelize? How can we still get the word of God out there to those who are thirsting for the word? And I thought, well, I'm doing, you know, through my my lessons at school, I'm doing Zoom a couple times a day. That that fits in well with doing the, the virtual retreat series. Uh, so the, the notion came to me to, to do this for Lent, and I had prepared uh, for Lent where we meditated on the wounds of Christ on the cross and our own frailty and our own woundedness as humans. Uh, and there was great feedback from that uh, to the point where after Holy Week, I started getting messages from some of the participants. You know, So when's the next one? What are you doing next? Um, and of course, at that point was... <laughs> Fell a little bit ill for a while, um, but then as we were coming out of our illness towards the end of April, I thought, well, I, I have done retreats on, on Mary, so why don't I do this as a, a four-week retreat series? And I, I try to keep it to half an hour, because um, I, I find by the evening people are tired, and most of us who are working from home are Zoomed out 
by by that time. So try to keep it to half an hour. Um, and so through May on Tuesday evenings, looking at the words that Mary says to us in the gospel. So I call it a mother's wisdom, right? As we we, we all love our moms and our moms are our sources of great wisdom. Uh, they, their role is to, to nurture us and to love us and to help us grow. And, and so much more our spiritual mother, Mary, you know, and her role as our spiritual mother is to, to nurture us and help us grow in holiness. Now, she doesn't say a whole lot in the Gospels, uh, but what she does have to say uh, bears so much wisdom for us. And I guess we can sum it up in the very last thing that Mary says to us in the Gospels at the, the wedding feast at Cana. Uh, the very last recorded words of Mary are, do whatever he tells you. So with that in mind, um, that's the whole retreat series. Do whatever he tells you, right? <laughs> uh, but what greater wisdom is there to that? Uh, and, you know, Christ's mother says, do whatever he tells you. Christ's father, so God the father, also says in scripture, this is my beloved son, listen to him. So both of Christ's parents are, are telling us, you know, get your listening ears on uh, and listen to my son. Uh, and again, great feedback from, from that. We've only just started uh, on Tuesday evenings in, in May and people are invited to come and join us still. Uh, they can come through catholicmoment.ca events uh, for that. Uh, and I can pass along my presenter notes for the, the sessions that they've missed so that, you know, they don't feel like they're, they're missing out on anything for that. Uh, and from there, also, too, you mentioned a podcast that I'm doing with a, a good friend of mine from work. Um, we call it Pints and Pews. So it, it's just kind of like what we're doing now. It's two guys that... Uh, you know, get together on a regular basis and chat about the faith, and we're, we're doing it over a beer, right? Uh, and so the conversations kind of go in different directions. Um, we just recorded another one yesterday. Uh, again, we had to take a little bit of time off between Holy Week and Easter, and then personal reasons on both sides. Um, we had to take a few weeks off, but we, we got back behind the microphone again yesterday, uh, you know, we talk a little bit about the, the blessing of beer in and of itself uh, and, you know, kind of how beer is, is, helps form Catholic culture and community, right, uh, through, throughout history. I uh, spoke a little bit about priests in, in the, during the pandemic. And as well, you know, with Mother's Day, they begin May, we spoke about what can we do for Mother's Day for our Heavenly Mother? What kind of gifts can we give to Our Lady as our spiritual mother? Um, and we go all out for our earthly mothers, but you know, our, our heavenly mother is just as important for us. So those, those are the kind of things we talk about. Uh, we banter back and forth. Uh, we always say that we should have someone following us around with a microphone because these conversations happen every time we get together. And we'll get halfway through a conversation and go, man, we should have been recording that. That was so good. And it's funny, when you put record on, all of a sudden you come, become very self-conscious of what you're saying, and, and it, the conversation isn't as relaxed as, as it normally would. And we're kind of like, oh, it was better when we... But it, it's, it's all good. So 
It's true though, isn't it, Earl Barry? Yeah, that microphone in front of our our face sometimes uh, can can kind of yeah not hinder, but it changes the way we we speak. And sometimes you know you're 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 thinking a little too much, you overthink things, and then you don't necessarily say what you had in mind, right? So exactly. that's great that you're doing the podcast. I'm glad that you're doing that. I I think we could uh, use a lot more podcasts, uh, spiritual podcasts, especially here in Canada. It seems like we're we're a little bit light on that, and there's so many Catholics around Canada and. Uh, uh, I think there's um, there's a great uh, I don't want to use a secular term like a great market for it, but I, I think there's a great uh, uh, desire for more media that there, people can there's reach a, out a to. There's a thirst and a hunger for that, and I think there's yeah. a thirst and a hunger for real Catholicism or, or mm-hmm. real Catholics. So kind of like what we're doing here, what you do with the, the the Catholic Canuck, where it's just conversations and it's real people and it's not uh, theological debate and it, it's not. Uh, doctoral dissertation, but it's just real people talking about the faith, some of the struggles that they have, and, and the blessings that, that come from that. And I think people want to realize that they're not alone, that the struggles that they go through with the faith and the blessings that they receive from the faith are the same all around. And again, that was the, the notion of, of Pints and Pews, that it were just, you know, a couple of guys, you know, normally would be sitting at the pub having the same conversation with, with our pint uh we just hit record and, and put it out there and hopefully people enjoy it so uh they can find it kind of like the catholic canuck uh, anywhere that they listen to their podcast now we do have a facebook page where we, we throw things up intermittently as well um but you yeah, know i i pray that people will come by give us a listen and, and hopefully stay for another conversation another day we had uh, the Rome boys from, they got the, the YouTube channel and they, they uh, one of the, the guys mentioned that there's no competition for the gospel. Like, and that, I, I love that. Like, I think we just all need to work together. And I think that, you know, I know I've been introduced to so many people in this podcast world and the Catholic media world and us working together for, for souls. It's, that's the best. Well, let's, let's dive into kind of what we we're going to chat about today. And that was clean garments and it's referenced all over scripture and we're living in challenging times in the church. There's no question about it. It's it's unique times, but the, the blessing is that God has put us here for a reason. He's put you and I here for a reason. He's put our listeners here for a reason. If we're living and breathing, we've got a mission. And uh, as we kind of come out of the Easter season, a lot of the confusion is kind of crept back in and in the church. And even though to me, the church is so clear, Robert, you know, through, mm-hmm. through the scriptures, through what's been um, revealed through... Uh, through sacred tradition, through the catechism of the Catholic Church, and the great gift through the lives of the saints. But, you know, we're seeing confusion in our church. There's questions about, for example, using vaccines derived from fetal cells. There's some strange things happening in certain places in Europe in our church and unique interpretations on issues like climate change, things like that. But, you know, in order for us men, especially men, to get in the game, we really need to be in a state of grace, Robert. So, um, clean garments is mentioned a lot throughout scripture, as I mentioned, and uh, we take Lent as an occasion to sacrifice and grow in holiness, but how important is it for us to take the lessons of Lent, Robert, and the sacrifice of Jesus, and then put it into our post-Easter lives, what we do outside of Lent for the rest of the year? We spoke about that the last time we chatted as we were starting to go into Lent, where, you know, one of the talks uh, that, that I talk, that, that I give and, and I've written is, you know, how do we make our Lenten sacrifice into an Easter habit, right? So kind of what you were just saying now that, you know, how do, how do we take 
all of this growth towards holiness that we accomplish through Lent, through our sacrifices, uh, through our, our desire to grow co closer to the Lord, how do we move on past Easter? And that really is, again, the, the sacramental life. Uh, and it's interesting when you, you know, you're talking about how often you know, clean garments are, are mentioned in Scripture. Uh, and we can take that literally. We can take that literally that, you know, we need to be doing our laundry. Uh, I've spoken before. Uh, anyone wants to swing by YouTube Catholic moment there as well uh, about, you know, being properly dressed for Mass. So we can take that literally uh, for our, our physical dress. And I always approach it. My mom, who's a real estate agent, uh, when clients ask her, you know, how should we prepare our house for people to come view it so that we can sell it? And her line has always been, well, imagine if the queen were coming to visit, right? How would you, how would you set up your home? How would you dress if, if the queen was coming over for dinner? You know, would you be hanging out in jeans and a sweatshirt, right? No, the queen's coming for dinner. You're going to make sure that every speck of dust is gone from your home and that you're properly attired. Well, if we're going to do that when the queen comes to visit, you know, think about when we go to visit the king of kings, right? When we go to visit the, the, the king of kings and, and uh, you know, the queen mother, if you, if you will, as well. And so, so many of us put so much into our outward appearance when it comes to, you know, when we go to work, uh, if we're, going out to dinner at a fancy restaurant um, or even for the, the, the office Christmas party. But when it comes time to meeting the King of Kings, uh, we'll roll out of bed and barely pass a comb through our hair. Uh, so, but th this outward appearance is also kind of almost a commentary of our inward appearance our, our spiritual appearance. Um, you know, looking at the amount of effort that we're going to put into into each of them. Uh, and it's really important for us to focus on our spiritual garments as we go to approach the, the King of Kings. Uh, and I, I'm reminded of that uh, in St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 22, where uh, he speaks about, you know, the the rich man who sends out wedding invitations to, to all of his friends and relatives and uh, none of them answer the invitation. None of them accept the invitation. So he goes out handing out invitations. He sends his servants out, just go bring everyone in from you know, whoever you can find that wants to come to this dinner, to this wedding feast. And lo and behold, at one point he finds someone who has not put on a wedding garment someone who was not prepared for the feast, someone who had not taken the time to put on clean garments. And this person was tossed out, you know, to where there was much wailing and gnashing of teeth. And so that's not to say that if we don't show up for mass and shirt and tie on Sunday, that father's going to kick us out the door. Uh, not to say to say that, but what it is saying is that we need to, cleanse our own spiritual garments so that we are ready to approach the, the wedding feast of the Lamb.
right? And so in many ways, our outward appearance is also a reflection uh, of the state of our own souls. And we need to be ready for this wedding feast of the Lamb. So let's read that last, the last half of Matthew 22. I think we should put it in context to, so that our listeners can understand where we're coming from with this, because it is, I think it's really important. I also find it interesting too, Robert, don't you, that there's so many uh, interesting references throughout Scripture about weddings and banquets. And so it, it actually it begins and ends with a wedding, really, when you think about it, right? From Genesis mm-hmm. and then the last, the very last reference in Revelation is about a wedding as well. The first miracle we talked about Mary and our last recorded words in the scriptures that came from the wedding feast of Cana. Uh, again, a wedding was there. I, I just think I, I always find it beautiful too that Jesus' first miracle was for um, a young man and woman that were just married. I think that's so, just so beautiful. And um, yeah, and then we see reference throughout scriptures. It talks about the bride, talks about the groom, the banquet, the feast. And uh, and then when it comes up in scripture, Robert, we need to be paying attention because it almost always talks about who goes to heaven and who does not go to heaven. It's almost always a reference like that. And I'm going to read something out of the catechism here shortly about parables too, but let's read the last half of that, um, the, the parable of the marriage feast. So uh, this is this is what our, our, our Lord said. This, um, the, uh, the master says, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. So go therefore to the streets and invite to the marriage feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the streets and gathered all who they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot, and cast him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. So that the, the initial reference to the people that didn't come is understood to be the, the people of Israel, right? That that didn't uh, that didn't take the invitation of Jesus to uh, to come to the banquet. So what's he referring to to the, the people out on the streets? That's the rest of us, right, Robert? Mm-hmm. There's always interesting references in the scripture. There's certain words that are put in that I think we need to pay attention to. So um, the one that I, that it, uh, on this particular verse is that um, the Lord f- first refers to him as a friend. So there's, there's he doesn't come in swinging and, and kicking him out. He says, friend, he asks him a question first to account for himself. But when the man doesn't say anything, that's when the Lord says, okay, you're out, right? You're, you're, we're going to show you to the yep, exits. Yep. And I find that that's interesting. And I also find it interesting, Robert, and I wonder how we can tie this into the sacraments, is that he didn't have a wedding garment coming in. So he didn't even, didn't even have something that was on that was proper for the feast. I wonder if that's not a reference to baptism. That's how you get into the game. That's how you get into the sacramental life. First, you got to have the garment. Then you got to keep it clean. What are your thoughts on that? Well, and, and actually, just as you were saying that baptism was what was coming to, to mind, uh, and you know, part of the rite of baptism is that the, the, the soul being baptized or the person being baptized is generally clothed with white. Uh, I know as an, an adult, it's not necessarily that you're, you're completely clothed in white, but there, there's some form of white garment involved. And the link is made between the, the white garment and the cleansing of the soul through baptism. Right. And so, yeah, as you're, you're, 
reading the scripture and I'm listening. And like you said, the, the Lord comes to this person, says, calls him friend. Right? And, and the Lord calls us all to himself. And the Lord calls us all to that friendship, to that relationship. It's when there's no answer. Right? It's when we say no to the friendship is when the problems start for, for lack of a better expression. Um, and, you know, how do we clean that garment? So, you know, we can still enter to the, the wedding feast without the wedding garment, but how can it be cleansed? And I think we're told that in the book of Revelation, right? Where, you know, it talks about, you know, I'll just skip to the, to the back to Revelation 22. Uh, Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they will have the right to the tree of life and may enter the city by the gates. So blessed are those who have washed their robes so that they can enter the wedding feast of the Lamb. How do we wash our, how do we wash our robes? Uh, we already know because... In Revelation 7, verse 14, and we'll give a look on it. I'll start with, with you know, Revelation 7 and 13. Uh, then one of the elders addressed me saying, who are these robed in white and where have they come from? I said to him, sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, these are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And so again, uh, as you were, you know, reading the the wedding feast from Matthew, where he asked, you know, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? Uh, and then says, you know, to bind his hands and, and to send him out into the darkness. So, how do we clean our our robes? How do we clean that wedding garment with the blood of the lamb? And like you said, through the sacraments starting with baptism and being washed in the, the waters of life and then through the eucharist and confession and confirmation and so it's by leading that sacramental life having a love for a sacramental life that we are able to cleanse our robes and to keep them clean so that we are ready to enter the enter through the gates you know, you know, I was just thinking too, Robert, I was thinking about the sacrament of marriage too. And some are called, I mean, we know that some people are called to, to be single and that's a, that's a, you know, that can be a very beautiful vocation in itself too. And, uh, I know that there's, cause there's ups and downs with that as well. Just like being married, just like being a priest or a religious, um, you know, there's, there's ups and downs with that, but just, you know, how you mentioned how you ministered to your wife and you guys ministered to each other when you were sick. We have children too, that we need to minister as well. And, and there's sacrifices too, with having, having your wife, having children. Um, there's a lot of downs too, that we need to be there for as men, as, as fathers and as husbands. Right. And, and we need to take up that cross sometimes on their behalf. And because we take up that cross Robert, doesn't that purify our garments as well? Doesn't that bring us closer to Jesus? Yes, yes. Uh, and, and as you're saying, I'm thinking of Ephesians 5, where we're told, you know, husbands, 
be as to your wife as Christ was for the church, that there is that sacrificial love. Uh, and you're talking about taking up the cross. And it's, again, not that our families are a cross for us to bear, but that we need to help them take up their cross. We almost need to be like Simon of Cyrene to our wife or to our children uh, and help them carry their cross as well. Um, one thing I'm always fascinated by was uh, at his death, St. Padre Pio, uh, as they were preparing his body, um, they realized that he had an extra wound to his stigmata. So mm -hmm. Padre Pio had the stigma, but he also had a wound on his shoulder. Right? And they say that is the stigmata of Christ from carrying the burden of the cross. I'm glad you mentioned that, Robert. I think there's also a devotion to the shoulder wound of Jesus that maybe some some folks aren't familiar with, but it's a beautiful devotion, very uh, very old, very ancient devotion as well. And it makes a lot of sense. We don't always think about that because his shoulder is typically covered in a lot of a lot of instances, and even on the on the crucifix, you know, the way our Lord is, um, sometimes you can't see that shoulder very well, right? But we know that that wound is there. That's beautiful. I'm glad you brought that up, Robert. That's that's great. So like you're saying, it's through all of these, the, the devotion to all of these different parts of our sacramental life that are sacrificial through each and, and every one of them that are, are helping keep our, our garments cleansed. I wanted to read this, this passage from the Catechism of the Catholic Church when it comes to speaking in parables, but it's from the, uh, the Catechism of the Catholic Church 546. It says, Jesus' invitation to enter his kingdom comes in the form of parables, a characteristic feature of his teaching. Through his parables, he invites people to the feast of the kingdom, and he also asks for a radical choice to gain the kingdom. One must give everything. Words are not enough. Deeds are required. And the parables are like mirrors for man. Will be hard? Will he be hard soil or good earth for the word? What use has he made of the talents he has received? Jesus in the presence of the kingdom in this world are secretly at the heart of the parables. One must enter the kingdom, that is, become a disciple of Christ, in order to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. For those who stay outside, everything remains enigmatic. So again, that's from the Catechism of the Catholic Church 546. I think that ties in real well with the scripture that we just covered, Robert, right? There's a lot of references to being in or being out. And um, when we have that sacramental grace, we're really in the game. I like using those sporting analogies, right? But it's true. You're in the game and, and you can keep those. You can receive your wedding garment, but how do you keep keeping it clean? And that's just living in a state of grace. So I think that ties in really well with what we're talking about here. Yeah, and, and like you're saying that you know, we need to be attuned to the message of Christ and we need to uh, know how to listen when God is speaking. Uh, and, and best example I, I can give of that was this morning, actually, as I was doing my, my morning Lectio, reading the gospel of the day uh, with my breakfast, uh, my prayer every morning with that is always, you know, Lord, may your creation nourish my body and your word nourish my soul. And today I added a little bit extra to that. It was like, Lord, I know you're trying to speak to me through your word, but I don't always listen. Help me to listen. The gospel reading was exactly something that I needed in my life today. Uh, and 
it's amazing how God works like that, but we need to be open to hearing that. So like my prayer was, you know, I don't always listen, Lord, so help me listen. Uh, and it was almost like he was shouting at me with, with, with the gospel passage. Uh, but from that, we need to take the lesson of, you know, he, God doesn't always shout. So we need to know how to listen. Uh, and we need to know how to listen when he's speaking in the parables because they are enigmatic. And, and Christ himself knew that because there's a few times in scripture where he says to the disciples, you know, those of you who have ears, listen. And he also says directly to the disciples, you know, you understand this because it's been made clear to you, but there are others who hear but don't understand. Uh, so we need to be open to what our Lord is saying. And again, we can't be open to what he is saying if we're not walking in relationship with him, if we're not walking in that sacramental life with him. And prayer is certainly the that conversation that I should say, it's probably better to say the communication. Because when I think conversation, I instantly think, I am talking to someone. And I think that's just our our, our human weakness, our Robert saying, okay, I'm, I'm just going to do the talking here. But to your point, Robert, you know, when we read Scripture, and that's why I always like to encourage our listeners to, to dive into the Scriptures, to dive into the Catechism, um, to have some of that, that quiet, contemplative life where you can just take a little time, go before the Blessed Sacrament, go into church, and if you can't do that, find a little bit of quiet time in your own house. I know sometimes it's not easy if, for people that have young children. That's why I say try to go to church and pray that your spouse will be supportive of that. But, you know, even that 15, 20 minutes, if you can do a holy hour, that's even better. But, you know, you think of the scripture too, Robert, and God is communicating to us through scripture. That's why the, this great gift that the Catholic Church has given us is the Bible. It's been compiled. We know it's been inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's been given to us. Because something that's inspired by the Holy Spirit, it's timeless and it's eternal and it's objective truth. So that's how God can communicate to us too. We don't necessarily have to be asking God for things and talking in a verbal prayer all the time, even though that's all beautiful in itself. But there is a time that we can sit, we can read and then reflect and let the Lord speak to us. And if you look at the lives of the saints, Robert, that's how they did it, right? They yep, would read, yep. they would pray, then they would just be silent. And then some of the greatest reflections that we've ever seen, some great quotes that we still use that are that are used around the church today from the saints, it's from that life of contemplation and silence and what the Lord has revealed to their souls, right? And, and you're saying that is making me think of one of my favorite quotes from Cardinal Sarah. You know, if we don't have silence, how will we ever find God? If we don't have silence, how will we find God? Uh, and so often in our verbal prayer, like we'll say, oh, I have a great prayer life, I'm constantly praying, but in our, our verbal prayer life, we fall into the tendency, as uh, Cardinal Collins out here says, we have, have the tendency to say, listen, Lord, your servant is speaking, instead of speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And that's where that silent time comes in, and that silent reflection comes in, because that offers us the moment to say, okay, I'm going to shut up now. Lord, I'm going to listen to you. And that takes practice, right? It, it's, it's not going to happen all at once, but it's so beautiful once you start to be able to hear what the Lord is saying to you in your life, 
uh, it's very beautiful. And it comes from a place of prayer and a place of contemplation. And living that life in a state of grace too. And that's, you know, it's offered to us and whether we take it or not, that's, that's our, our choice, our decision. And uh, it's so important because, you know, if we're not living life in a state of grace, if we are, we are living a life of mortal sin, our prayers are not efficacious at all. But the, the, the higher degree of holiness that we achieve and that we try to achieve our prayers for not only ourselves, but for our families, for our friends, and even for the people that have passed away that are maybe in purgatory right now, they're more efficacious. So yeah, just uh, such an important lesson. And Robert, I'm so glad that you, you came to join us to talk about um, what it means to have clean garments. I think this is important. I think it's something that we need to uh, to take into account when we when we go and receive the Eucharist, how we receive the Eucharist, how we come to church. You know, we had a recent guest on our, our podcast too here, Robert, that uh, talked about one of the things that, that changed his heart a little bit, or at least it had some influence on his decision to become a Catholic, was when he was in when he was uh, attending Mass, he was noticing how people would go up to receive communion. And mm-hmm. he said it was actually something that touched his heart, that the, the reverence that people were showing for the Eucharist, that they took it seriously, that they had a love for what was happening up there. He didn't know at the time what it was, but he said there's something something special there, something moved his heart. So I think that's something that we need to also take away from is um, our disposition when we go to Mass, how we receive the Eucharist, how we how we dress. And if, and if somebody said, hey, you know what, we have some guests at our parish today that are here to observe, wouldn't we would probably change maybe a little bit of our, our actions. Wouldn't we be a little bit more welcoming? Wouldn't we be a little bit more cheerful if we knew somebody was there just to check it out? They wanted to have a relationship with God, but they want to understand what the church is about. And if they came to Mass, I, I know I would, unfortunately. Sometimes I don't always think that, but we should always have that, that disposition when we go into church. So, yeah, do you have any, any closing thoughts on that? Because I will post that video too. It's, very, it's only like three or four minutes, right, Robert? But a, a very good video that you had, and that was a, a year or two ago. You know, what more is there to add to, to that? That invitation uh, to be a, a, a magnetic Catholic, that invitation to be that person that draws another soul to the Lord. Because at the end of this earthly life, uh, we'll be asked about, yes, our own soul, but also what about all of the souls that the Lord has put in our path uh, that he wants us to be that invitation to bring them home to him. And that starts first with our families uh, and then our friends and in in the greater community. And so if we knew who those souls were going to be, like you said, we're going to be much more on point. We're going to be much more aware of what we're saying and doing, but we're not always going to know who those souls are and and who God has invited uh, through our lives to, to be that invitation, to be that pathway back to him that's why i think it's such an exciting time to be a catholic right now there's just there's so many opportunities and for us i know i, I look back through the week and i think of the the, the omission maybe not a sin of omission but a, a, a an opportunity to to uh to to share the gospel with others that i have missed so i think we i always say don't pray that uh for the opportunities just pray for the grace to recognize the opportunities to to spread the gospel. And uh, that's what, if, if we're in a state of grace and we're living that, that, uh, that Eucharistic life and that sacramental life, that's, uh, that's the first step to being aware of the situation 
and uh, to have the courage to share your faith. So, Robert, I'm so glad that this is the, the third time you've been with us. I hope there's many more times ahead. I've, uh, it's a blessing to to call you a brother in Christ and to, uh, you know, we're, you're out in the Toronto area. I'm around Edmonton. But the, I guess the wonders of technology is these things bring us together, right? And and uh, it feels like uh, feels like we know each other already, even though we've never met each other in person, per se. But uh, uh, it's great to be in the vineyard with you, Robert. So maybe just remind our listeners how they can get a hold of you again. You've got these um, uh, virtual sessions on the Blessed Virgin Mary right now. You also have the podcast. So maybe just remind everyone where they can track you down. Well, no, thank you. First and foremost, I always feel so blessed when you invite me to to come on and talk and like you say it's it's like we've known each other for forever but in a good way it's true in, yep. in a good way right um and then the conversations are just so easy and flowing um that yeah it's uh, a brother in christ but uh a friend as well a true friend and so yeah i pray that you know people will take the time to to come check out not just your apostolate as they're doing now, but as well, uh, my own apostolate at catholicmoment.ca. Um, there they can find the events and links to the YouTube channel with the, the short videos. Um, and then also to the, the newest endeavor, Pints and Pews, which is available on the, the, the major podcast carriers, uh, or if they were to do a, a Pints and Pews just through, through Google, it will come up there. Uh, we're on Podbean is where, where we host the, the podcast. Uh, and as well through Facebook, uh, either Catholic Moments or Pints and Pews on Facebook, they can find us there as well. That's awesome. So we got catholicmoment.ca and Pints and Pews is the name of the podcast. Uh, Robert LeBlanc, thanks again for joining us. God bless you. And we'll, uh, we'll chat with you very soon. Thank you. God bless and protect. Again, a big thank you to Robert for joining us on this week's podcast. And thanks for listening, everyone. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Gab. Drop me a line anytime. Love hearing your feedback and your stories of faith. And also I'll say a special hello to everyone outside of Canada that listens to the podcast. It's uh, so cool to see that this particular podcast goes beyond borders to the Church Universal. And it's always humbling and a blessing to hear from so many of you from outside of Canada. So thank you again for uh, for everything, and thanks for listening, everyone. Really appreciate it. And a reminder to all you Catholics out there, in order for us to make a true difference in this world for Jesus Christ, we need to live in a state of grace. And in order to, to achieve that, to walk with our Lord every day, got to go to confession at least three times every year. Every Lent, every Advent, and any time you're in a state of mortal sin, don't even spend a second of your life there. Thanks for listening again, everyone. God bless. We'll chat with you very soon.